it is wonderful to be here. Uh, very much feels like home. And uh, we're looking forward to what God has in store. We're looking forward to being with a lot of you. And any of you that want to help on Tuesday afternoon about 3 o'clock up on Lota U-Haul, we'd love to be with you then too. So uh, uh, we're hoping to be here around 3 or 4 o'clock. Fast time, slow time, sometime, I'm not sure. Uh, we're going to start loading the truck uh, at, uh, in Sparta about 8.30, 9 o'clock, we hope. Uh, shouldn't take but a couple hours. I got three of my boys that'll be there, and then I'm hoping the other one will be here. Uh, but uh, we will uh, uh, we'll have uh, them to help. And so I, I imagine us getting on the road uh, early afternoon, and it's about a two-hour drive uh, it would be a little faster than that, but Kelly's traveling with me and calls me from the vehicle behind and tells me to slow down. Uh, but uh, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, we were driving up yesterday, and I'm like, you're not even in the car with me, and you're backseat driving. It's got to be some kind of record. But anyway, um, I, man, I, I have so many wonderful, wonderful memories here. Times that we shared together, some, some of them were celebrations and special times, and then some of them were, were just, just fun times that, that, that we had together. I, I played a lot of golf with Ronnie and took a few mulligans. He doesn't take mulligans like, like I do, and, and uh, I'm hoping he was lightened up a little bit in his older years and learns to have a little more grace and, and let me, you know, if one goes in the woods and you happen to have one in your pocket, you drop it anyway. Uh, you know, we, we've had wonderful, I mean, we, we played softball together and we played, I played church league basketball the last time I was here. I'm not sure we can do that again, but maybe with the right chiropractor and, and some medicine, we can get that done. Me and James Atkins hit seven three-pointers apiece in one game. And we still got beat by 30 points. So I, 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 don't, I don't know what happened. Uh, man, I'm excited about the future. Listen to me. Get used to this, okay? And it's going to get even fuller. So, so we're going to have to learn to squeeze in because these pews. It's funny how the splash zone down here, there's nobody sitting down here. But, but, but uh, it's going to get full. You know why? Because we're going to go out and we're going to tell people about Jesus and we're going to have a blast and we're going to be having fun and we want people to come to our church and, 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 and while they're having fun and hanging out and, and doing all the things we're going to do, they're going to learn about Jesus and accept, accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Man, I'm excited about the future I got a text message from Brother Todd Young this morning and telling me he was praying for me and I told him, I said, I feel like a kid on Christmas and I do. Man, I ain't pre. It's been three weeks since I preached, so you know I'm. Uh, I kind of had to itch, so here we go. I have many awesome memories, but I want to share a memory with you that was not so awesome. The last time I, I had these, this net right here in my hand was probably close to eighteen, nineteen years ago. Uh, we always were doing stuff together. Uh, some uh, uh, folks that were young adults then are not so young now, and they have kids and teens of their own. But, man, I, I love that time. We had such a blast, you know, just hanging out together, playing games. And, yes, Miss Kelly still loves to play games. And if you want to play sequence or, or categories or some of those kind of games, she says the, the, the doors are always open, you know. Maybe there's a ball game. I don't care. They're, we want, we're going to play games. Oh, okay. So, uh, unless it's Tennessee. Uh, who won last night? And congratulations to the Cats for whipping the Gators yesterday. A team that beat us, but it's okay. We appreciate it. Thanks for taking it up for us. Uh, almost 20 years ago. Now, Nick Moon had a great idea. Now, if you know Nick Moon, he, he's full of great ideas. He was going to save himself some money. If you know Nick Moon, he likes to save money. Not as much as Stephen Law, but he does like to save money. No, just kidding. He, he loves to save money, and, and he thought if we get this saving net, then, then we can be able to just go to the creek and get all of the minnows that we want. And then we'll use those minnows as bait to go catch bigger fish. I think that was the plan. That's at least what I understood, Nick. And so we, we loaded up in that black and yellow truck of his, and, and, and we headed down the Bingle Road towards Campbellsville, and we pulled off somewhere, I don't know where, 
And that, but there, there was a, there was a creek there, probably about that deep, you know. So I don't know if I had shorts on or had to roll up my breeches, lead, had to take my shoes off and my socks off, step out there. wasn't no telling what kind of copperhead or anything else was out there. When Eli was here, we wanted him to go wading in the creek over behind Jay and Cindy Dammer's house. He looked at me. He said, "Daddy, snakes in a creek, snakes in a creek." But anyway, I got in the creek with Nick, and he got this side of the net. We unwound this thing. I'm not going to unwind it all the way. I would say I, I was uh, uh, be worried that something fishy would fall out of here, but I don't think a fish ever saw this net, to be honest with you. And so we got this net, and he got on one side of the creek. And, man, I figured he'd done this before. I'd never fished with a net. I fished with a Zebco, you know. But, but he said, you get on that side, and I get on this side, we'll start walking up and down that creek. Now, I'll be honest with you. We could see all kinds of little fish, a little bit about like that. They fast. They swim away. Well, we, 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 we tried to be slick, you know. If anybody knows how to use one of these, I wouldn't mind going sometime just, just to prove that it could be done. But, but, but we, I mean, we, we walk back and forth, him on that side, me on this side. There's that field, get that fish. And, you, you know, we go, oh, you, oh, he got away. And, you know, back, back and forth in that creek, mud and my toes. And, you know, after about 45 minutes, I was getting pretty tired of it. Now, if you know Nick, you know, he's, he's often very determined. That's a nice way of saying stubborn. And I loved I told him I was going to talk about him this morning. So, you know. But there we go. Nothing. This back and forth. Man, a dozen minutes cost about $3.25 back then. I don't know how much he spent on this net. I know you can get night crawlers at Walmart for about $3.50. Now it's probably about $2 20 years ago. And I'm sure at some point, even though I was his pastor, I probably looked at him and said, Nick, this is stupid. Let's go to Walmart. I had no success catching fish in a net. But I want to talk to you today. I want you to hear me today. I want you to listen. There's some of you here today that you just almost feel like you're here out of obligation. But I want you to listen today to this sermon like you've never listened to a sermon before. Because if you will, God's got a message for you and for me. For everybody here, from the oldest to the youngest, and I ain't about to try to figure out who those people are. That'll get you in trouble. But listen. I guess if I was going to entitle this message, it'd be the tale of two catches. The tale of two catches. I, now, that's not mine and Nick's story because we didn't catch anything. Maybe caught a cold from being out there wading in the creek for an hour and 50 minutes or however long it was. The tale of two catches. On both occasions, Simon Peter was having a day a lot like Nick and I had. Nothing to show for it. Work. That's too much work. I, I just like to throw it out there with a bobber on it. That's my kind of fishing. You know, now I like to bass fish too, but Trevor, you know, just throw that bobber out there. Maybe throw some country music on or something. If you catch something, great. If you don't catch nothing, you, I mean, you at least you're out there. I know Mo, no Marcia, she'll go fishing with you. Probably outfishes you, doesn't she, sometimes. And, and she gives you a hard time every time she does it. Yep. Kelly would do the same thing to me. She makes me take the fish off, put the bait on, and then she brags. I don't even have time to fish. We'll talk about that later. He was having a bad day fishing. Yeah, I know you've done a little better, Kelly. You every once in a while. He was having a day, both times, both situations, both stories. Luke chapter 5, John chapter 21. And this thing, we're gonna have to figure this out before next Sunday. Both situations. It's gonna go flying here in a minute. It's connected, so I can pick it back up, put it on. Both situations. Peter's there, bad day of fishing, no success, empty nets, hard work, and in both stories, Jesus shows up. Now, 
If you cannot relate to both of these stories, and I think some of us can relate to both of the stories, I think that you'll be able to relate to at least one. So try to figure out as we're preaching this morning which story you find yourself in. And listen to the message that comes from that story. Luke chapter 5. Let's go there first. I promise the chicken's going to be hot. If not, we'll stick it in the microwave. One day as Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, that's who we know as Peter now, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. We've caught nothing. Nick's made us go back and forth over it. No, that's not in there. But because you say so. Mm, listen to that. Sometimes I remind you of things we read. I, I, I want you to hear it. But because you say so. Look at somebody next to you say, because you say so. Maybe we ought to change that. Say, because he says so. Yeah, some of you husbands were nervous, weren't you? <laughs> Because Jesus says so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught a large number of fish, and their nets began to break. So the other boat came to help them, and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Look at somebody and say, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Hey, that'll work too. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and they followed him. Lord, you're going to have to help us today. Lord, you want to speak. I know it. I know you want to speak. I know you have a message. I know that uh, uh, there's something that somebody needs to hear today. And Lord, I believe that lives can change from having interacted with your word today. And so, Lord, help us, we pray. Amen. It was literally like any other day. Peter, or Simon and Andrew and his James and John, as the little children's song said, had fished all night and caught no fishes. They were washing their nets like they had so many times before. It was just an ordinary day until Jesus showed up and Jesus, listen to this, got in his boat. Jesus got in Simon's boat. Boat. He literally crawled up in his business and sat down right in the middle of his boat, right in the middle of where he made his living. It was just another day on the job. Simon didn't expect anything different. He had no thought that a major change was coming in his life. But Jesus showed up, and he didn't just show up. He sat down in his boat. Now listen to me. There are some of you here today because the old preacher is back in town. There are some of you here today because, the, because somebody that you love is part of the preacher's family and you decided to come. There are some of you here today, you don't even know why you're here. But listen, no matter why you're here, no matter where you've been, I've been gone for 16 years. I see what you put on Facebook, but I'm smart enough to know that what you put on Facebook is not really what's going on. Why? Because I put all the good stuff on Facebook too. 
we don't put posts on. Well, some people do. You know, my kids are driving me crazy. You know, that kind of thing. My boss is a jerk. You know? Don't be dumb. Your boss has Facebook too. Hello. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why you're here. I don't know why you're sitting here. I know I love you, and I'm glad that you're here. But guess what? Jesus wants to get in your boat. Now, Trevor, we just don't let anybody in our boat, right? Our, I mean, a man's boat, that's kind of special. You know, you, there's a few things you, you don't mess with. You don't mess with a man's wife. You don't mess with his boat. We can have a discussion over the flat screen TV, but, you know. But Jesus sat down in his boat. Right in the middle of his business. Simon wasn't expecting that. God wants to get in the middle of your business. He wants to sit down right in the middle of your life. Some of you have just been going along doing your thing, being a good dad, being a good son, being a good daughter, or, or being a good worker. But God wants to come right into the middle of your life and sit down. But he didn't just come and sit down. After he had taught the people out of Simon Peter's boat, He looked at Simon and said, why don't you put out into the deep and let the nets down for a catch? You ever been asked to do something when you didn't feel like it? Husbands looking at their wife like, amen. Let's go do this. Oh. Man, they were tired. They had fished all night. You know, when we fish, it's something like this. And we might reel it in. Or we may just leave it out there. I think there's a pay lake here somewhere, catfish play lake with a good restaurant. That's my kind of place. If you don't catch any fish, you just go in and eat a hamburger, you know. But that's not the way they fished. They'd take that net. And they had to get it just right and furl that thing out there with weights on it, and it'd go. They'd done it all night. Stephen, they's tired. They's ready to go to the house. And Jesus said, won't you put out into the deep and let the nets down for a catch? Now, Simon could have said, Lord, you know, I appreciate you. I enjoyed your words. That's a good sermon, you know. But, but we've worked all night, and we've caught nothing. I kind of know what I'm doing. I've been doing this for a long time. Wouldn't that be foolish to tell Jesus that? But some of us do the exact same thing. Oh, we've been doing this. We've been doing this church thing for a long time. We got it figured out. Well, guess what? He might tell us to throw our net somewhere different. Ooh, don't go there, preacher. It's your first day. Well, kind of. We know what we're doing. The nets are clean. We don't want to get them dirty again. I had a plan, and it just didn't work. Jesus says, why don't you try something different? Why don't you try my plan? And then, whoo, oh, Simon says something real important. Because you say so. Not because it makes sense. Not because it's easy. Not because it's comfortable. Not because I like it that way. Not not because not uh, I think I'm good enough. Not because not I, I think it's going to work. Not, but you, say, I, you know, it don't make any sense to me. But because you say so. Because you say so. I, I'll, I'll let the nets down for a catch. I will. Then let, let's look here at what happened. When they had done so. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They had to call their buddies over from the other boat. They caught enough fish, it filled up both boats. 
success. Some of you have been minding your own business, fishing, working, living, trying to provide for your family, punching the clock, building the 401k, but today, today is different. Today, Jesus is walking into your life and sitting down in your boat, getting all up in your business. And says, why don't you try it my way? I've got something for you. Put out for a catch. Oh, that some of you today would get to the point that you would say, because you say so, Lord. Not, not because Brother Jamie said so, not, not because my, my grandma, who's a Christian, said so, not, not because my, my Sunday school teacher told me so, not because mom and daddy told me so, but because you say so. I'll follow you. I'll do what you say. I'll let you use me. Hear me today. He wants to use you. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I've messed up too much. You don't know my life. You don't know the, the, the language I use. You don't know the places I go. You don't know the lies that I've told. Listen to me. It doesn't matter. God wants to use you. He's not just looking for you to say, okay, it's okay, I'll accept you. You maybe can go to heaven someday. It's so much more than that. He wants you to be a part of his kingdom and to do what he asked Simon Peter and the rest of those fishermen that couldn't cut it in the classroom. So they went and took the father's job, their daddy's job, and did what they had to do, go fishing, which is not bad. Man, somebody tell me to go fishing, I'm sign me up. Anybody feel led to take the preacher fishing? Just know, Trevor, will you let me in your boat? All right, then. Listen. He's got something for you. He's got a job for you. And it's more important than any job that's going to give you a paycheck. Because the benefits are a whole lot better and the pay is eternal and not temporary. And I believe in a little thing that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. That's Jesus' words in Matthew 6, Put him first, and he'll take care of the rest. Well, I'll go to church if, if I don't have anything else going on. The kids don't have a tournament. and they don't, have, don't go meddling, preacher. Put him first, guys. Just put him first. Put him first. But he has something for you to do. And then he says something. He says, don't be afraid. Don't worry about it. How's it going to work out? Don't worry about it. What if I mess up? Don't worry about it. What if I do wrong? Don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. I talked to you about that in the in uh, last sermon, that the trial sermon and then at George Larimore's funeral I, I quoted it again when little Paisley climbed to the top of the ladder back when we were here and she said fear not fear not fear not man you hear it over and over and over again in scripture fear not don't be afraid listen to me don't be afraid but what happens when I mess up don't be afraid don't be afraid don't be afraid just follow so they left everything Did you hear that they left it all they just left those nets sitting there. Kind of like they've been sitting in Rick's garage for the last 20-something years. Just left them there. And they followed. What a journey. What a journey Simon went on. They were there at the wedding feast in Cana when he turned water into wine. They were there 
in the crowd when he called Zacchaeus out of the tree and they went to the house of this tax collector and saw him transformed. They were there when blind eyes opened. Oh, Bartimaeus. One of my favorite skits ever. Did I, did I tell this when I was here the last time? My favorite skit ever that I saw the teens do was Angelo and his sister. Angelo was playing a blind man. Angelo Miller, if any of you remember him. And his eyes were opened. And he went through the skit. He said, and I looked at the sky and it was beautiful. And I looked at the trees and they were beautiful. And I looked at my sister and I looked at the sky and it was beautiful. And I looked. At... I love that. That was great. But Simon Peter was there when Bartimaeus' eyes were open. He was there when they ripped open the roof and the lame man was laid down in front of him. And he got up. He was there when old Lazarus was called out of the dead. He'd been dead for four days. He was there when people were set free from possession. <coughs> they were constantly learning. And as they learned, they would get some things right, only to get more things wrong. They were asked an important question, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, winner, winner, chicken dinner. That's right. And because of you, I'm going to name you Petra. Peter, the rock. Dwayne Johnson didn't have nothing on Peter. You know, he's the original rock. I imagine knowing Peter, he probably walked around with his chest stuck out, you know. I'm the rock. Did you hear what Jesus said? <laughs> you can count on me. About five verses later, Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, you're a stumbling stone to me. I'll preach a sermon here before too long about going from a building stone to a stumbling stone. And he got it right just to blow it. And then Jesus began to tell him what was going to happen to him. That he was going to suffer. That he was going to die. That he was going to be crucified on a cruel cross. <coughs> Peter said, that's not going to happen to you. Peter said, even if I have to die, I will never leave your side. Jesus said, all of y'all are going to desert me. All of y'all are going to leave me. I'm going to be all by myself. Peter said, no, I won't. Even if I have to die, I will not leave you. Folks, he meant that. With every fiber of his being, he meant that. But when it came down to it, and a little girl said, man, weren't you with those guys? Peter started cussing. Read it. It's in there. Said he called down curses from heaven. I blankety-blank don't know the man. And about that time, a rooster crowed. And it said that Peter went out and wept bitterly. Have you ever felt like you failed Jesus? Have you ever felt like you let him down? You really wanted to stand up for him. You really wanted to do the right thing. You really wanted to be a good Christian. You really wanted to, to love your family the way you're supposed to and, and invite people to come to know him and all the things that we know we should be doing, but... You just didn't do them. And you felt like a failure. I imagine that's how Peter felt. He said he went out and wept bitterly. Jesus went to the cross. He arose from the dead. He even appeared and showed himself to Peter and the others as they were in that locked room. But Peter's failure, the fact that he had blown it, just never left him. How could he have let him down? He didn't know what to do next. He didn't know where to go. 
What's the next step? I've, I've blown it. I've let him down. I don't know what to do. So we find in John chapter 21. You said, thank the Lord. He's finally to the next part. John chapter 21. I got to remember who some of your former pastors were. They'd just be getting started. So, John 21. Not calling no names. The good, good man. All right. John 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, the old doubter, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. If my math is right, there's seven of them. I'm going out to fish, said Simon Peter. He went and picked the nets back up. He didn't know what else to do. He didn't know where else to go. He didn't know what was next. He didn't know what was supposed to happen. He didn't know if Jesus was going to show back up again. He didn't know what to do with his life. He had left his nets. He'd been following Jesus. Now Jesus has risen. He's going back into heaven. What in the world is he supposed to do? He didn't know what to do. So he went back to the only thing he knew to do. He went back and got the nets. He said, I'm going to go fish. Now, Trevor, if somebody tell, I don't know why I've talked to you this whole time. Dadgum, first Sunday here and I'm wearing you out. But if somebody says, let's go fish, that's a good thing. No, sorry, I'd rather work in the yard. Nope. Hello. Let's go fish. Yes. But in this case, man, it's one of the most defeated things I've ever heard. I don't know. Let's just go fish. So the disciple, the apostle, the rock went and picked up the nets again. And they went fishing. It said early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And there's over and over places in Scripture where Jesus is close to us and we don't even recognize it. He's with Mary in the garden. She didn't even know it. He's right on the shore. They's out there fishing. They didn't recognize him. He called out to them. Friends, haven't you any fish? All right, let's, let's have a little English lesson here. We got, we got any fourth graders, fifth graders here? Back there? All right. What's the subject of that sentence? Friends, haven't you any fish? I'm probably wrong. What's the, oh, let's make it a little easier. What's the first word in that sentence? Friends. Appreciate whoever that was over here that answered that. Help me out. Friends, haven't you any fish? Some of y'all need to hear him call you friends. Listen to me. Some of you've messed up. Some of you failed. Some of you like, man, I'm sitting in church today. I should have been here a long time ago. But you're here. Friends. Not failures. Not, hey, you big dummies. <laughs> You bunch of losers. <laughs> you left me. You deserted me. You denied me. He said, friends. Haven't you got any fish? Nope. Now there's this thing that happens when you're out fishing. If you find a really good spot and Somebody comes by and asks you, you know, hey, you catching anything? Nope. <laughs> eh, not much. A few little ones. <laughs> you don't want them to get you, you know, fishing hole. But then sometimes it's the, you just got to be honest. Nope. <laughs> not a thing. You know how they had to fill those seven fishermen? Like, man, we can't even fish. 
I thought we knew what we were doing. I thought this seining net would be full of minnows and we would go catch the most gigantic fish. But it didn't happen that way. And they had failed again. And he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, John, John's just, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. He said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. It says he was about 100 yards away. So the length of a football field. Austin, he was 100 yards away in a boat. John said, it's Jesus. Peter said, tied it on and into the water he went. Do you know what it reminded me of? My wife's laughing because I'm going to say it. I wasn't sure I was going to say it or not. How many people seen Forrest Gump? Right? Forrest is out there in the boat. Lieutenant Dan shows up, right, on the shrimping boat. And there's old Forrest out in the boat, and he sees Lieutenant Dan. And when he sees Lieutenant Dan, he doesn't even think about anything. He don't think about the boat. He don't think about the shrimp. He doesn't think about anything else. He just jumps off the boat. Pulls himself up on the dock, and here comes the boat behind him, crashing into the dock. He says, that's my boat. <laughs> but that's the kind of reaction. My wife's like, I can't believe you. Y'all don't get the boat for two years, so, you know. It's like, Listen. <laughs> that's the kind of reaction. It wasn't just, man, it's, there's Jesus, and I got to get to him. I love this big old long aisle. Even you folks sit way back here. Listen. Jesus. It's like I got to get to Jesus. Danny, I got to get to Jesus. I just got to get there. I got to get there. He didn't care about getting his clothes wet. He didn't care about the greatest catch he'd ever had in his life. He just had to get to Jesus. Because Jesus showed up again. He showed up again even though he had failed. Even though he had messed up. Even though he hadn't been very successful. Even though he was confused and frustrated and didn't know what to do. Jesus showed up again. And the moment that water began to bubble and the fish began to fill that net, man, those memories kicked in like that. Of when God had called the first time. It's Jesus. And he just had to get to him. Peter found out it was Jesus and he jumped out of the boat. Look at the catch. It was 153 great fish. It didn't just say that they caught 153 fish. I would have been happy when I was out in that creek with just a couple minnows. Nick, you get one cast and I get another one. I mean, that's it. We didn't catch nothing. But they got 153 great fish. Now, you can read all kinds of scholars at their significance of that 153 in their Hebrew culture and this, that, and the other. Some have even said that there's 153 kinds of fish in the lake. My dad said when he preached this, and sometimes preachers just stretch things a little bit, but he said he felt like with that 153 fish, they, they, he got, they caught a record bass, they caught a record trout, they caught a record everything. 153 great fish. Their minds had to go back to when they were called. And they learned that he can do it again. And not only can he do it again, he can do it even more. Now, I want you to listen to this conversation that Jesus had with Simon Peter after these events. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? 
Let, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, as we look at that, I realize that I don't know what the these mean. Is he saying, Simon, son of Peter, do you love me more than these other six disciples? Simon would probably say, yeah, I, I do. Or is he saying, do you love me more than these fish and these nets? Do you love me more than the boat, the job? Folks, I believe Jesus is here today and he's speaking to all of us. And I think he asks us the same question. Do you love me more than these? Now, what, what's the these? Well, it's different for me than it is for you. You remember my old one thing illustration, Curly and City Slickers? What's the secret of life? One thing. That's what you got to figure out. Yes. What's your these? And if there's anything in your life that you love more than God and you're not willing to give up for God, then you're wrong. Because we can't say we love God if there's something that we love more than God. Kelly, I love you with all my heart. Have for 30 years almost. And I may joke that it's been the best 28 years of my life, but it's been the best 30. But I can't love you more than God. I love these red-headed boys. All of them got big burly beards except Eli. He can't grow one for nothing. But I love him too. He's the Jacob to our Esau's. So, you know, I guess and he's a wonderful man of God preaching in a church right now. He's doing a great job. You know how awesome that is? That little bitty fellow was up here at Summersville Elementary in kindergarten drew on a poster a little man behind a pulpit said, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up. And I got to hear him preach last week. And the week before that, he baptized, what, seven or eight? You know what I believe? I believe there's some kindergartners that God's going to call. I believe there's some teenagers. Some of you got big plans. HVAC, right? That's a good plan. That's a really good plan. Don't go get a degree in philosophy and not get a job. That's, that's a great plan. But God may change your plans. You may go work on HVAC somewhere across the world. And while you're at it, you tell people about Jesus. God's got a plan. All y'all, every one of you. Man, I married four or five of y'all couples and I, I, I left and y'all had four or five kids apiece, you know. And man, I'm so, I'm so excited about what God has. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. But nothing can be more important. Nothing can be more important. Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than, than, than having a good time? I love to have a good time. Anybody been around me? They know that. Guess what? You can be a Christian and have a blast. And I don't need any help, no alcohol, drug, anything like that. Help me get there. I'm a nut for Jesus. It's okay. And we're going to laugh and we're going to cut up. But listen, nothing. Them babies are getting hungry back there. I got to finish up. So I'm getting hungry too. Listen, I'm going to wrap it up. One thing that I always want to be with you is completely honest. There have been many times, even times that I've stood in this sanctuary and I've tried to act like everything was okay when it wasn't. And I tried to put on a front and be a cheerleader like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And when inside I was like, oh. God's been laying this sermon on my heart for some time. It's been 18 weeks 
in two days. I know because it was May the 19th, the day before Seth's birthday, and I just went to man camp. We'd worshiped in song. It's a great service. And God was dealing with all of us. On May the 18th, I went to a football game. Tired. Frustrated that I hadn't been able to get the church to where I felt like it needed to be. Disappointed. Discouraged. And I had a friend at the football game that travels all over the world. He has a business that is very uh, successful. Wonderful guy, wonderful man, great father. I don't know even how it happened, but I found myself talking to him after that ball game, and I asked him to meet me for lunch. And in my heart, I had on my mind talking to him to try to figure out what I could do. To be able to stay in my pretty house and to be able to still work with the football players and this, that, and the other, but just to get away from ministry. And I just, I had let the enemy talk things and speak things into my life. And I didn't, I, I was saying the words and I couldn't even believe that I was saying them as I heard them. As I just asked him to, to go to lunch to talk about what maybe I could do. But May the 19th, probably really more like May the 20th, in the middle of the night, in a little bitty room on the East Tennessee District Campground, with me on one bed, and Austin and Seth and Eli in other beds, they were all fast asleep. I woke up in the middle of the night. And God sent me to Luke chapter 5 to remind me of my call. Then he sent me to John chapter 21 to reassure me of my call. This morning we were getting ready and I had on Elevation Worship and got to a part in this song and it says, He's not done with me yet. He's not done with me yet. See, he ain't done with this old boy. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night and it was as if I heard God speak clear as a bell. I'm very careful about saying that. I don't say it a whole lot. Whether it was in my heart, in my spirit, or somehow he spoke it audibly and I heard it like Samuel heard it. I heard this. Jamie, I didn't call you to be a businessman. I didn't call you to lead a company. I didn't call you to travel. I didn't call you to make money. I didn't call you to live in a beautiful house. I didn't call you to, 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 to even be a football coach. He said, I called you to love people and lead people. And I had to say, okay, Lord. And that's why I'm here. I am here to love people and lead people. And lead people who love people. Now, I believe Most of us here can identify with one of these tales of a catch. Some of you are like the younger Simon, just minding your own business. And Jesus crawls up in your boat with a job for you to do. He's calling you. Everything's about to change. 
your priorities, what matters, your responsibilities. He has a job for you. Don't be afraid. You can do it. Invite people. Serve others. Teach. Sing. Visit. Marsha, I, I talked to him. Your whole family's in church this morning, pretty much. Well, your brother's preaching. Could you ever imagine that? Nope. Where'd that come from? How'd that start? That fellow back there with a mustache, his wife, Paula, she was obedient and came, picked y'all up, and brought you to church. Everybody that comes to know Jesus and, and your brother Corey baptizes will have a direct line back to Miss Paula. He's still calling us to do the same thing. She was fishing for men. She found a few scrawny kids. Guess what? We got a fish too what this thing's all about Rick we got a fish too we gotta go find them and if we did we're gonna have to go to two services or tear down a wall or do something and you know what there was a time in my life where I thought we had to, to be successful it was about how many people I'm long past that I don't know exactly what God has in store or what that's going to look like. It may be we get a church going so good we start another church. It may be that we get our services so full that we have to get a new service. Maybe do a few different things. I don't know. I don't care. We're going to follow. We're going to fish. We've got to throw the net on the other side. We'll just throw the net on the other side. He's calling some of you. Some of you identify with that first interaction. Follow him. He'll make you a fisher of men. But some of you are like this preacher. You're like the older Simon. You're frustrated, tired, and question if you've been doing the right thing. You wonder what the future holds or if God can even use you in ministry at all. But Jesus shows up again and says, cast those nets on the other side. Do you love me? Simon, son of John. You know, I thought it was interesting. He didn't call him Peter. <laughs> he didn't call him the rock. He went back to fishing. He went back to his old father's business. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Lord, you know I love you. Okay, feed my sheep. Do you really love me? Lord, you know I love you. Tend my lambs. Do you love me? Oh, he's getting frustrated. Yeah, I love you. So, let's fish. And we'll feed sheep. But Jesus is calling to all of us. Come follow me.